Listeners, you are listening to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. The snow has just started falling here in Denver, Colorado, and we're about to do our wintry three. Now you may say, it's March. We're recording this on March 1st, but you know what they say about March? Well, it's our snowiest month. It's our, they say that a lot on the news, and we need the moisture. They're always saying that <laughs> shit, too. Um, but you know that in Like a Lion... They should well, say it is. We need moisture. <laughs> they should say it that way. It is, but you know, I've got my own saying for um, for March here in Denver: "In like a lion, out like another lion." It, we just get snow off and on all month. Yeah. There's no lamb. Now, no. Then April, kind of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah then May. Get some of those are wet spring snows some of those branch breaking yeah things um we're at about a year in the new place here mm-hmm. yeah yeah and uh i don't know when exactly we did our wintry three last time i think it was earlier than this yeah that, it was before christmas i think probably but you know what <laughs> we kind of we we play by our own rules <laughs> we deal our own brand of justice uh th- we should do the housekeeping thing mm-hmm. um we are three friends who talk about a horror movie i am richard i'm here with will hello and jolian and um we thank the moon rays for giving us that song intro creature features at the top of the show uh find their music on apple music or amazon if you want to buy it digitally Say hello to them on the Facebook, where they are the Moon Dash Rays. There, I said it. And and uh, if uh, we should get sponsorship from the people who make this whiskey. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. We promise we will keep the label turned towards the microphone at all times. Yeah. Yes. Mictors. Uh, Jello style. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. Fantastic whiskey. It's a, yeah. It's a bourbon from uh, Louisville. Uh, did I mention we're not professional critics and that we may spoil stuff? Yes. We're going to spoil the movies we talk about. We will maybe not spoil the recently watched. Maybe we will. Um, Maybe we'll will. Probably. (laughs) So uh, I think that's everything we normally say at the top of the show. Uh, We've been doing this a while now. We're at 210, Mm -hmm. 211 episodes. Yeah, we're so slick. Yeah, super slick. What what have you guys been... I'm going to ask you this before we do recently watched. What about recently listened? Have you been listening to anyone else's podcasts? Fuck no. <laughs> They're all the enemy, aren't they? They uh, are. Yeah. I listened to uh, Attack of the Queer Wolf. Yeah, you still listening to that? Yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah. Cool, uh, cool. Like chatty one. Yeah. And uh, well-researched one. I like the uh, the um, uh, Secret Life of Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Series, so uh, the last episode of Val Luton. That stuff's series. always so interesting. Really good. Yeah. How about you? 
Um, recently, because I'll, I will occasionally listen to those conspiracy guys. Oh, um, I've got this for you. Oh, what uh, is it? Well, to lend to you. Yeah. This is uh, The Flying Saucer. It's the first oh. Flying Saucer movie. Oh, excellent. And then in there is the UFO, which is the first Flying Saucer pseudo-documentary from excellent. the 50s. So, yeah, enjoy. I will, I will watch that and return it to you next week. It's got... Mikel Conrad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Denver Pyle. Did you ever watch um, Grizzly Adams? No. That was Mad Jack. He, okay. He was an old mountain man in... Uh, I've seen pictures of Grizzly Adams. Dukes of Hazzard. <laughs> was he in Dukes of Hazzard? Denver too? Pyle, yes. He is Uncle Jesse. Oh, oh you know he what? he was. I think I knew that. I never watched the show because um, the signal... Because you had common sense, <laughs> taste... <laughs> No, I didn't, <laughs> and I don't, <laughs> but um, that was on CBS, wasn't it? It was. See, uh, where we lived at the time, CBS had a shit signal, mm. so I didn't watch I watched it in English, and then the following week I watched it in Spanish, the same episode, but like a week later. <laughs> you were only like a couple miles from Mexico, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. so Las Ducas de Hazard. <laughs> Las Ducas. And the other day I watched uh, The A-Team in Spanish, which is... Los Magnificos. Oh, they don't even Excellent. try and say a team. They're just no, like, you know. There's like, that doesn't make any sense. What no. does that mean? Yeah. In, in Spanish, it doesn't translate. Mm-mm. Like, there's a bunch of stuff like that. Yeah. That doesn't translate. Um, but I've listened to um, those conspiracy guys, which is a lot of fun. Uh, and th- their episodes get to be really long. But it's a, it's a podcast out of Ireland. So you get to listen to that accent. <laughs> And, and if that's something you enjoy, then uh, they did a crossover episode with another podcast. And uh, it's two young ladies also from Ireland who do one called uh, Bandwagons. And um, they talk about things that people are on the bandwagon about. Oh, okay. And uh, I really enjoyed listening to their conversation. So I've listened to a few episodes of theirs and I enjoyed it. So, you know, if that's, if you like to listen to that lilting uh, accent and the funny expressions they use. Well, funny to me. Um, that's cool. Now, a couple of days ago on the uh, local news, they uh, they went underneath the Denver airport. Oh yeah, they speaking did. of conspiracy hotspots, really? Yeah. So they went under, and there's like these huge long tunnels where they they drive the uh, luggage. And, yeah. Um, and there, it was supposed to disprove that there were lizards and Illuminati living down there. But yeah, that was just one level down. Yeah, yeah you know I what, know. guys? Don't try to fool us. Um, have you ever seen the show Blackish? Yes. yes. Okay, season six, episode seventeen. I wrote this down. <laughs> um, the uh, the parents are talking about how the the one nerdy son is getting into uh, robotics, and uh, they make some comment about he'll be the one to be able to get them into the uh, the bunker underneath the Denver International mm. Airport. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I want to get that as a soundbite. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've um, I've been listening to my usual podcasts, but th- but that's like uh, a couple new ones um, that I maybe haven't mentioned. So recently watched. Who wants to kick it off? I'll kick it off. Do it, Will. Um, well, I watched. Uh, we tried several new TV shows. Well, not n- one of them's not new, but uh, new season. <clears throat> First up was Hunters with Al Pacino. Oh, the Nazi. You would think I would love something where they were killing Nazis, but I just could not get into it. <laughs> no? It's just sad. It's, uh, I found the tonal shift too too much, too hard to handle, because it goes from real 
you know, grimy Holocaust stuff to comic booky things. And like the first first episode, the very opening is so over the top and campy. We both thought, Gene and I both thought that it was a dream. A dream sequence. Yeah. And then we were like, wait, he didn't wake up. What happened? But no, he's just like a scenery chewing Nazi. Now, which which Al Pacino are we getting? Are we getting... Um, str- we're getting Jewish Al Pacino. Mm. Oh. Because evidently there are no elderly Jewish men in Hollywood. No, probably not. No. I understand. So it's because got- of the twist. I won't give the twist away. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, didn't care for it. Couldn't get through the second episode. Just had to turn it off. Wow. Um, I was afraid of this. Some people might like it. Um, Not a lot of hoo or anything? No hoo Okay. Um, but yeah, just I didn't. I don't know something about it. The tone. Um, I think you could compare it to Inglorious Bastards, but uh, <laughs> okay. Quentin Tarantino didn't bring the Holocaust into it, really. Hmm. So I think it's a little more nuanced, if I can say that about a Quentin Tarantino movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I think nuance is the word that usually leaps yeah. to mind. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, then we watched Lock and Key, which is on Netflix. Uh, probably started a month ago or something, maybe mm-hmm. a little more. Uh, it was a boring version of Haunting of Hill House, which I didn't care how that ended up, so we stopped watching that. Wow. Did you read the comics? I did not re- ever read the comics. Um, I imagine it works better in comics, mm-hmm. but it felt very uh, young adult. Mm-hmm. Uh, it felt like... Uh, like Haunting of Hill House, but for middle schoolers. Okay. Um, yeah. And then we tried to watch Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> season three. Got mm. through two episodes and said, mm, no. Just can't do it anymore. No. When she started singing Tricky. Oh, yeah. I I had to turn it off. When they were, yeah, they were doing the drill team stuff, the yeah. cheerleading stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you, they do Mickey later on. So they, mm. they go from Tricky to Mickey within... So tricky as in the Beastie Boys, not yes. the artist. Okay, the Beastie Boys. Yeah, no, oh, that, it would have no, been better if it was a tricky song. It's Run DMC. Yeah. Oh no, it yeah, is Run DMC. That's right. Yeah, you know, it's, it is. Oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Similar style at the time, though. Yeah, and then we watched Parasite, which is fantastic. Mm. I recommend everyone go out and watch it. It's on my list. Yeah. Move it up, right? Move it up all the way to the top. <laughs> yeah, it was. It definitely earned the Oscar. Yeah, good. I'm glad uh, to hear that. Yeah, fantastic movie, and that rounds it out for me. Only a moron would say that doesn't deserve the Oscar because it's a foreign film, huh? Yeah. Only a complete boob would say a thing like that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, Julian, what's on your list? Well, uh, moving on from there to uh, some high quality. Uh, <laughs> Body Count from 1986 there are several movies called Body Count and there are even like two movies called Body Count in 1986 but only one band yeah <laughs> oh yeah um, so this is the Italian one Ruggero Diadato okay you all know from uh, his his Cannibal Antics um Cannibal Antics that's a great uh, weed strain <laughs> ooh yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's think, the one that I gives you the munchies really just bad. Just watch the movie where <laughs> cannibal antics. I did. Uh, so the Italian title of this is uh, Camping del Terrore, which tells you everything you need to know. <laughs> 
I'm um, on it, man. I'm going to watch that. So it starts out with the various people we don't know or care about um, uh, up in the woods in uh, Colorado. And uh, David Hess is up there as well. Awesome. Uh, he's, he, he mumbles about it being an Indian burial ground and it's cursed. But, you know, it's America. It's all an Indian burial ground. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so two of the people have sex and die. Mm. Cut to some right. 15 years later. Uh, do, do they explode during the act or is it a simultaneous heart attack? What happens? Uh, it's um, premature sex will blow your legs off. <laughs> Well, the you bleed uh, out. Yeah. Uh, being an Indian burial ground with a curse oh. on it, it's being stalked by the old shaman. Okay. Who's uh. um, got a, like a knife? Sometimes a tomahawk. Okay. And also David Hess is uh, he's after him, uh, so he's 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 put all these traps in the woods, all these spike traps. Oh, okay. Um, it's his land. He can do what he likes. Sure. He says. So, 15 years later, more people go camping in the Colorado Rockies, uh, which are played by uh, the Abruzzo Mountains in eastern Italy. Um, the, the camper van has uh, native Colorado stickers. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> of course. Mammoth stickers. Uh, a J&B bottle. Wow, okay. Uh, it has a wasp sticker, as, oh. in, as in the band. Okay, I was going to say... I think. Um, <laughs> was there a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant <laughs> sticker? <laughs> I'm sure. Um, so uh, they they turn up and and you know they do the usual twenty something things: mm. drugs, sex, um, drinking. There you go. <clears throat> um, Hacky sack. The ending's kind of dark, uh, as in dark, you know, underlit. Oh, okay. Uh, music's by Claudio Simonetti, of course, from Goblin, um, including uh, some. Uh, Drums when the killer strikes, Ooh, just oh. to just to rub home that it's a Indian burial ground. Oh, oh. so not like a set roll or some no, jazz. It's a boom, 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 okay, boom, boom. so not like Buddy Rich going completely nuts on the um, trap set. But it's got a fun cast. Uh, so David Hess plays Robert, and uh, Mimsy Farmer plays his wife Julia. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are there are a couple who own a campsite. Uh, Charles Napier is uh, State Patrolman Charlie. And uh, Ivan Rasimov is uh, Deputy Ted. Uh, <laughs> Ted and Charlie. Uh, th- these are all char- people you've seen in Italian yeah. exploitation. Uh, John Steiner plays Dr. Olson. He gets the best line. He says, uh, there's a killer out in these woods, a heartless, bloodthirsty monster. But pray this doesn't reach Denver as well. Ooh, <laughs> yes. Don't move here. There's killers in the woods. That's true. Snow on the ground. Um, so yeah, um, David Hess has done a couple of movies with Ruggiero Diodato. Um, uh, there was like, uh, Diodato did uh, Cannibal Holocaust and Jungle Holocaust, which kicked off like the, <laughs> the eighties cannibal movies. Yeah. The cannibal um, antics of the eighties. And did uh, House on the Edge of the Park one and two with Hess. Um, so yeah. You were recommended? Yeah. Okay. It's it's pretty stupid. <clears throat> it's like the tail end of Italian yeah. exploitation. You know, it's obviously a lot cheaper and not as well shot. Yeah. But it's got a fun cast in it. Uh, sort of Ad Astra. Did you see that one? No, I haven't seen year? that one yet. I haven't seen it yet. Um, directed by James Gray. Uh, beautiful looking. Yeah. Movie. Um, felt like a, I was watching a personal therapy movie. Mm. Uh, sort of Heart of Darkness 
sort of idea of him going into deep space to find his father. Okay. Who's gone kind of crazy and killed a bunch of people. Oh, no. When he should be kind of uh, making first contact and stuff. Oh, okay. Um, so space madness. Yes. <laughs> space madness. <laughs> Best Will soliloquy ever. Push the big red shiny candy-like <laughs> button. <laughs> He's <laughs> got the soap in the body. Oh, my ice cream bar. Um, <laughs> I love that. Ren and Stimpy. I miss them. Uh, so, yeah, so it re- reminded me of um, Contact. Oh, where yeah. you have this, like, an awesome situation of, you know, traveling to deep space, but and then it all boils down and to a personal... Daddy issues. You know, fam- <laughs> yeah, daddy issues, exactly. <laughs> Uh, and it's, it's funny uh, how that works. And it's kind of bizarre. Like uh, every so often, there's like a trailer-friendly action scene. <laughs> so you know, every, every, you know, there'll be like a bandit attack or space monkey. Or, oh, okay. You know, it's just sure. It's just like, oh, okay. We're, we're <clears throat> you know we're taking a break from the solemn bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was very uneven. I uh, thought, but very, uh, very good looking. Yeah. Um, and if you're into Brad Pitt, then he's he's in it all the time. Hunky, right. hunky Brad Pitt. Um, I, I rounded out our um, uh, Women in Horror month by watching uh, The Ghost of Hanley House from 19... 19- well, this was made in the mid-60s. It was released in 68. Um, this is like a really cheap movie shot in uh, L.A. Um, so, some some sources say Texas, but no. No. Yeah, the actual house is on uh, Franklin Street in oh, okay. Hollywood. You can't fake that. Um so this is uh, written and directed by Louise Sherrill, a.k.a. Louise Dur- Durkin. Um, and there's lots of pseudonyms in the credits, lots of goofy sort of <laughs> pseudonyms. It's like, this isn't a poor movie. It's like just a cheap horror movie. Why are you, why are you using pseudonyms? Um, maybe they couldn't actually get any people. They yeah. just made up names. Well, yeah, that's the thing, because like it might... It might be uh, the Durkin family just doing lots of different yeah exactly things. Um, so this opens with a montage of a, a house, screams, lightning, doors, clocks, winding in funny ways, <laughs> credits. So it's about four minutes before we see any people. Mm, okay, <laughs> I thought that was, that was quite interesting. Um, so uh, like a couple of guys make a spend the night bet. Yeah, um, and uh, if he proves there's no, if Hank proves there's no ghost, he gets a Ferrari. Nice. If he loses, he gives the other guys MG. So it's pretty mm. high stakes. Yeah. So they're just betting the cars they already own. Yeah. Okay. So pink slips. Um, Basically. Yeah. So the, the acting ranges from zero to okay. Uh, <laughs> zero to okay. Um, <laughs> and the name of my autobiography. Yeah. The editing is like, some of it's pretty sharp. Um, if you watch a lot of basement budget horrors yeah then you've seen much worse than this but like you know you, you managed to take the cap off the camera but that's about all you managed to do yeah sure. um this one is it's got some well well done bits that, um nice. i think if this was a a man doing this if it was like adamson or herschel gordon lewis or ted michaels or someone it would have you know, gone and somewhere she could have done more movies she, she'd have a following but oh um hen and lotter and she knows like basics of film grammar um, again, it's, it's kind of variable, but you know, she gets, she knows what a montage is, establishing shots. Oh, good coverage. Um, sometimes the, she has the actors just looking into the camera, so it's kind of like, I, you know, wh- where's this from? Are you getting this from Ozu movies or something? Yeah. Um, 
don't look at the camera. But you know, the, the deliberately is not yeah. a close-up shot. Um, there's quite a few of them. Uh, so I'm, I'm not saying it's a gem, and the story is really old-fashioned even then, But uh, and it's taken a lot of cues from The Haunting. Uh, the other thing uh, is got a black maid in it named Isabel, who like gets the hell out before the white folks spend the night. Um, so s- some stereotypes are true. Yeah, <laughs> it's she's not played for laughs, but no, but, you know it's it's a black maid. Um, yeah, well, I, I think that a lot of comedians have put this in their routine where they're like, no, we, we as a as a people will get the hell out. Yeah, and they do. Um, so it goes for a haunting vibe. It doesn't have the doesn't have the budget for the lenses or the sound or the lighting oh. to pull it off. Uh, it goes for it though. Nice. Um, it does the same gag with the? Uh, I thought that was your hand. Uh-huh. Uh, fixates on a virgin as well. Um, it's much cruder, you know. Where the haunting kind of gets under your skin, it kind of suggests things, and your imagination gets going. Yeah. This one, it just like does it. Oh, let's just cut to a clock doing something weird. Um, sure. You know, flapping doors, piano that plays itself. There's even rattling chains, and uh, a wolf howl at some odd points. Mm. Um, it's got an early example of uh, when people try to escape from somewhere, but the route just takes them back to the oh, house. Oh, okay. Um, so the, the original version of this was came out on something weird tape, and uh, an alpha video added in uh, some effects and sounds. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, the, the she um, Louise uh, Durkin she lived at the uh, Al Jolson estate with her hubby Joseph. And they also had the uh, the Beulah model from uh, It Conquered the World. Oh, really? Yeah. So wow. That'd be awesome. Yeah, it would. <laughs> the so that, killer carrot. I think that's what I watch. Yeah, <laughs> the that's, big shaggy carrot. Yeah, that's it. <clears throat> that's the list. Yeah, we tried to watch a couple for Wintry Three. Speaking about bad filmmaking, and the first one we picked was Dark Winter. First shot. Uh, well, a it was digital video, which I hate. But mm. first shot was out of focus. Mm. The person was out of focus. I was going to guess you were going to say vomiting while killing a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I would have watched the rest of it. Right. So then I picked something else, and it was the same sort of thing. It was digital video, oh, bad actors. Yeah, they're like, no, can't I, I can't do it. I can watch a lot of crap, but mm-hmm. digital video, for some reason, just... I can't think, watch it. Yeah, if it's you and your friends having a laugh, yeah. keep it to yourselves. Don't don't pimp it out to <laughs> Amazon or, or uh, Netflix or whatever, because that crap can get out there. Yeah. I mean, they, they let it out, and I don't know if people actually watch this and review it and go, oh, yeah, we want to put our name on that. Yeah. But they don't care. I, I really don't think they care. I mean... Yeah, I saw a bunch of that stuff when I was looking at dull movies. Okay. Yeah. Are we going to ever do that to ourselves again? No. <laughs> nope it was bad enough with wintry three this time to try to find well i i, f- I feel like i was lucky to have uh, chosen what i did what'd you choose um i watched harbinger down and i also watched mm. snow beast from 77 hey yeah because ah, nice. uh, you guys have both seen it <laughs> yeah and i felt like you know what um, I want to see if anyone mistakes a seven foot tall Bo Svensson as a Yeti <laughs> because, you know, he's, he's halfway to albino already and, uh, he's in the snow, but he's wearing that, that sexy Flanders, uh, ski suit. Yeah. You got, you remember that episode of the Simpsons? Sexy Flanders ski suit. Where, I'll have to like pull that up for you later, but, mm. uh, it's a part where they're, I don't know how they end up skiing, but, um, Flanders has, uh, like a really tight 
um, curve-hugging snowsuit on. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like I'm wearing nothing at all. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. <laughs> Stupid sexy Flanders. And uh, Homer has like a little, little imagination cloud where uh, Flanders is in it. And he's like, Homer, look at my butt. <laughs> he's wiggling <laughs> these really defined buttocks at Homer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stupid sexy Flanders. That's what I felt like Bo Svensson's suit was just same suit, but a different color design. Yeah. And there was a digital remastered copy of Snow Beast. Why wouldn't you? On Amazon. Did yeah. You, did you see That's it? That's what I watched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Why wouldn't you remaster that? Yeah. There was a, there was a remake as well, wasn't there? On, yeah. You have to pay to see it. It's like, nah. Uh, it, okay, I've already seen it and it's terrible. Is I'm, that like an intern I, I, job? To, I really like the, the 77 one though. Yeah. You've almost got your chops doing digital remastering. So we're going to make you remaster this crap over here, this whole pile of these movies. And when they're done, we're going to put them on Amazon. Ugh. I'm not saying that movie was total crap because no, there great. was a lot to it. Is it Yvette Mew in Yeah, it? yeah. Yeah, it's in Colorado. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It was, uh, it was filmed in uh, Gunnison. Mm. But uh, no, I'm not. It scared my brother. It did? Mm-hmm. Good. He's, he's freaked. He was really freaked out by faces at windows. Oh, Ooh. then that totally got him, didn't it? Yeah. Um, so my recently watched, let's do this real quick. Um, we were talking about Paul McCartney being dead. Yeah. Okay. Well, listeners don't be alarmed. The replacement Paul McCartney is alive and well. The original Paul McCartney died in 1966. Um, to be specific, November of 1966. Oh yeah. I think. Um, so as the conspiracy nut theory goes, um, Paul McCartney, (laughs) Uh, Paul McCartney died in 1966 and they replaced him with a winner of a uh, lookalike contest from like fucking Tiger Beat magazine or some bullshit like that. And um, it'll be easy to uh, substantiate, won't it? Yeah, sure. You know, so uh, Billy Shears. Mm -hmm. Okay. There are pictures of the actual Billy Shears like, here's what I look like today. It's like, yeah, we believe you. Um, Paul McCartney really is dead is the name of the documentary I watched. Um, from 2010 and the little tagline to it is the last testament of George Harrison question mark. Now the premise of this one is that the filmmaker received, because why wouldn't they receive this, uh, a microcassette player and a couple of microcassettes of George Harrison, um, telling all the stories, spilling his guts about the whole story. Now, did they play the actual tapes (laughs) or are we supposed to believe these are the actual tapes? Because it's a guy imitating George Harrison and it doesn't really sound enough like him to fool me. And I don't sit and listen to a lot of George Harrison talking, but I heard that and it's like, okay, so is this, is this an actor repeating what was said on these tapes or is this supposed to be the tapes? Either way, not really buying it. No. So this is from 2010, but it's interesting because it, 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 it gives you all this foundation, all this backstory bullshit for all the stuff like, uh, oh, so on this album, here's what we did. You know, it's yeah. like, sure. What happened to the original then? Was the original it, Paul McCartney? Was he eaten by Nessie? Um, he wrecked Died his... Died in a car wreck. Yeah, he, yeah, he wrecked his Austin Healy or whatever the fuck he yeah. had. And then uh, he looked really, like, messed up. And then the Beatles were called in to go, like, identify his body. And they were like, oh, my God, he looks terrible. Um, so one of the, one of the stupid things that was said in this was that, oh, and his, you know, his 
teeth were sticking through his cheek from the accident and he looked like a walrus and that's where we got that from what what um and and, oh his hair was partially burned off and that's why the baby doll on the original uh cover of the one where they were dressed up like butchers um what album was that that they switched the cover on it the White Album. Was it the White Album? Yeah. Um, and they were saying that the uh, MI5 guys were put in charge of uh, handling the plastic surgery of the replacement Paul, just fine-tuning his look and making you know making sure his teeth looked just right and his cheeks were in his yeah. bridge of his nose, whatever needed fixed to make the look-alike look even more like Paul McCartney. Um, but there was this guy, uh, Maxwell... Mm-hmm. Hence Maxwell uh-huh. Silverhammer, um, who was always threatening them. And then John Lennon was kind of going off the reservation with uh, dropping clues right and left and uh, all this stuff. And there's all this evidence that just is like, you're reaching and I'm not believing you. <laughs> if you kept it simpler, cut this stuff down by half, I might go, man, they're onto something. Um, so then I watched another one called, get this. Paul McCartney is dead. Blood tests proved it. Ooh. <laughs> so it talks about how there's a couple of different, it talks about how there's a couple of different, do you say love childs or love children? Is Love children. A couple of different Batmen of Paul McCartney, a couple of different love childs, love children of Paul McCartney who were suing him or his management company or whatever uh, for support or something. And I forget. To be honest with you, I don't remember what the specifics were of the lawsuit, but paternity test, basically. And it's like, ooh, it wasn't a match. But the mom said, but the only person I was with was Paul McCartney. Yeah, before 1966, November, mm. or after. Because, uh, you know, that's a that's a modern-day Paul McCartney love child, and you got Billy Shears genes. Yep. Pre- previous to that, you, you've got uh, some turn-me-on-dead-man genes. Um, then I felt like I needed a light in the mood. So I watched a, a comedy short from 2018 called Paul is dead. It's about when the Beatles, <laughs> it's about 20 minutes long. It's about the Beatles hanging out in some house where they're getting ready to record Sergeant Pepper. And, uh, and they're wearing like the outfits and everything. And the actors are okay. at The resemblance to the Beatles <laughs> in okay. Resemblance in the sense that, John Lennon has the mustache and the little round glasses. Uh-huh. And that's about it. That's a, that's where the resemblance ends. And then uh, it's just like they go in the other room and it's like, oh my God, Paul's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's just like, he took some drugs he couldn't handle and he's lying dead in the next room or something. Yeah. I don't know if they were supposed to be taking ayahuasca or whatever the hell they were doing. But then uh, they go into this pub to like, you know, try and figure it out and just have a pint. And there's a guy sitting there playing guitar and singing. And they're like, he looks, he looks just like him. So they hire him on the spot. Then they have to go get rid of Paul's body. Mm. So that's fun. Um, I did watch the last two episodes of Sabrina. So I'm done. I, right. I powered through it. You made it. I don't know if they make another season. If I go back to it, mm. I don't know. Um, so for the show, I watched Harbinger Down and Snow Beast. So at that point, let's talk about some Wintry 3. All um, right. So what was your movie of choice, Julian? Uh, the White Reindeer from 1952. How was it? Uh, oh, it's beautiful. Yeah? It's this Finnish horror movie. One of the two. <laughs> One of the two. <laughs> Made two. 
Yeah, in films, the 50s. Films? Or? Yeah, yeah they've, they've made several films. Like, this director's oh, okay. done half a dozen. He's, he's mostly uh, Eric Blomberg. He's mostly uh, a cinematographer. Mm-hmm. But he, I think this was his first or second movie. Um, but yeah, this is uh, uh, The White Reindeer. Uh, in Finnish, I'll, I'll have a go at it. Uh, Valkoinen Pyrrha. Um, so this was uh, uh, this was entered into the Cannes Film Festival '53, uh, which had a jury led by Jean Cocteau. Oh, really? They awarded it the best fairy tale film. Is it a fairy tale film? Is that still a category? I don't know. No, probably. It not. is. A, is de- <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a folk tale. It's okay. like a pre-Christian folk tale. In the sense oh, that neat. the witch is a fairy tale. Uh, yeah, a bit of folklore. Yeah, okay. Um, so this was uh, released in uh, the US in 1956, and it won the Golden Globe for Best Foreign Film. And uh, it stars Miriami Kiosmanen as Prito. Prita. Um, so uh, she's uh, she's up in Lapland, and uh, she's just got married. Hmm. And, uh, and she wants to spend time with her husband, but he's off herding reindeer. Of course. And uh, on the odd occasions that he does come home, he's too tired to do anything fun. Mm. So uh, she goes off to the local shaman and uh, he mixes up a potion containing things like uh, reindeer testicles. Oh. And... uh, This is previous to the little blue pill, so they had to do something. um, And then he he tells her to uh, uh, sacrifice the first living thing she sees on the way home. Oh, no. Which is a white reindeer. Oh. Um, so... Uh, it wasn't a kid on a bicycle. No, luckily. Okay. And uh, so uh, from... from It doesn't quite work. He's, he's The shaman is an alcoholic. Oh. So he's, he's, he gets things a bit scrambled. So she can turn into a white reindeer. And she, become, she can become this kind of evil version of herself. And she lures hunters into this valley in the guise of a white reindeer. And then when they're in there, she turns back into a, uh, like it's a vampire woman and sucks their blood. Does she have clothes on when she changes back? Yes, she does. And you, you're glad she does have clothes on because it looks very cold. There's it's snow <clears throat> all the time. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. But I mean, I can't, I, I don't understand the logistics of it. Uh, they, they did this movie off. She's, she's, um, the, the actor is, uh, she co-wrote this and her husband is the director and they did a movie after this where she has a lot less clothes on. Anyway, um, so this is kind of shot like a silent film. Um, there's lots of sequences which are just music. Oh. And and the opening is uh, just music and uh, like a, a folk song kind of introducing you to a, the situation. Um, uh, we, you know, it really helps the kind of fairy tale atmosphere because it doesn't, if you have too much dialogue, it kind of fixes it to a certain time and place. Mm. Uh, makes it feel more timeless. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was really beautifully shot. It's, it's black and white. Um, let's see. Uh, she she turns into this white reindeer, and then when she turns back to her normal self, she kind of forgets what she's done. Mm. It's, so it's, it will remind you of, like, werewolf stories. Um but the, the hubby still isn't passionate. <laughs> all, all, all the men in this lot, they're <clears throat> barely characterized, but yeah, they, they don't seem like a, a decent lot. Um, 
So as I said, it's a pre-Christian story. Two thirds of the way in, uh, everyone gathers in a church, and that's the only time you see any Christianity in this. Oh, okay. And they sing this beautiful song, um, but she's in, she's in the uh, what the what they call the the flock, the, the choir. Oh, the, not the choir, the, but yeah, the, the, the congregation. The yeah, the congregation. Yeah. Um, but it's just another place where she can pick up a victim. Well, sure. Yeah, it's got nothing to do with the, the story. She's hunting. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a there's a scene where she's uh, in the village that they've they worked out that there's this creature out there picking mm-hmm. them off, and uh, the uh, the only way to kill it is with a cold iron. Cold iron. So there's this, and <clears throat> no one knows it's her. So there's a scene where um. She's in the village and everyone's working on them, making these weapons and they're always like barbed spears and stuff like that. And it's just the sound of them making it and all these like barbed tips being stocked up. And she's just surrounded by this. And, and it, you know, it's, it's pretty uh, scary stuff. Does she have control over when she changes? Um, no, it's just uh, at night um, and she'll she'll like wake up and she'll... Feel, feel these urges mm. and you don't see any like transformations which is which is good you know it helps the atmosphere well sure uh, the nearest you get is like she wakes up in this tent she's sharing with a, a group of men and she um she gets up and and then there's the fire that's keeping them all warm and she like leaps over the fire and when she comes down on the other side she's a reindeer Ooh, oh that's pretty cool <clears throat> um, <clears throat> so it's, it's the kind of usual witch story of like female uh, desires and power disrupting the social order and it must be destroyed by a mob of men um, but uh, yeah it's, it's, it's a really beautiful film so it does challenge the patriarchy it doesn't it kind of reinforces it and <laughs> she, she's like the disruption and and, okay. uh, and, and uh, in the end this like mob goes after her but um, uh, you know it, it's a really old story so it is a folk tale. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a you, you'll recognize that pattern in lots of witch and lycanthrope stories. Yeah, yeah, that's something that that I've always found fascinating is that so many cultures have the shapeshifter in their in yeah. their folklore, mm-hmm. and it just does make you wonder, like, where does this come from? Um, I mean, you could say, well, it's a behavioral thing, you know, when people have certain things going on in their life, maybe they behave differently, and that's what maybe gives life to these folk tales. But honestly, why do so many, I mean, it's just like the whole Bigfoot thing. Why? Okay. There are no, yeah, it's all over the world. Yeah. yeah. There are no apes in North America other than higher primates like us humans. And there's all these ancient totems and whatnot that show these ape like creatures. There's stone carvings. There are, you know, wooden totem poles. There are all these things showing these ape like creatures. Why? And why shape-shifting in so many different cultures that have never met anyone, each other? So, how? Why? That's This is what fuels the conspiracies. What? I feel on, on, um, it's like a fairy tale uh, version of uh, stories about people who are, you know, the... Uh, the dangers of unleashed passion and uh, um, and, and even mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, well, both of those are wrapped up in the hook hand man stories of the fifties, right? 
Yeah, but but you know, there's this, uh, like the patriarchal fear of a woman, woman's desires, and um, you know the very concept of women enjoying sex is just like, <clears throat> no, they yeah. can't do that. No, um, that's that's very recent that they've been allowed to do that. And I mean, I expect in ancient times, there, you know, there, there were more matriarchies. Sure. Back in the day, but uh, uh, yeah, and as, you know, as far as Western recorded history goes, you know, it's all been suppressed. So yeah, you know, people are very fearful of it disrupting the social order. Hmm. <clears throat> so overall, is this? Um, it's a feature-length movie. Yeah, it's just about sixty-five minutes or so. Oh, okay. So just into the territory of <clears throat> feature length. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they don't waste any time getting to the point. No. That's good. I mean, you know, if you've got just over an hour to do it, you better just get to it, right? Yeah, and there's, there's very little dialogue. Filmed in black and white? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and of course... And, and the director's a cinematographer, so it looks good. So everything's just... Good. Yeah, it's beautiful. Like, there's this... Uh, where they sacrifice deer, it's this whole... Um, it's like this hilltop uh, shrine. And there's this, like, big um, antler head on Ooh. top of this, like, totem. And then uh, and then it's surrounded by all the, the uh, you know, the horns of... The antlers of a deer. So okay. they have like a ring of antlers. Yeah, it's like these great shots through the antlers and oh, that's looking cool. at people in the distance. There's an antler arch in uh, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And uh, the only reason I know that is because we, we print some stuff for them. Right? Oh, okay. They're like, can you illustrate an antler arch for us? So I had to look up pictures of the antler arch. So that <laughs> makes me think of the same thing. Like, what are we going to do with all these antlers? I don't know. <laughs> We made all the chandeliers we need. Uh, how about an arch? I found out something else about Finland when I was, I was researching this. Is, uh, you, you, do you know uh, who invented the uh, Molotov cocktail? The Molotov cocktail? Yeah. No. Well, I thought it was Molotov, but... No. So he was a minister of Stalin. <clears throat> yeah. And when uh, Stalinist Russia was trying to invade Finland, uh, the Finnish beat them. Yeah, oh, okay, the yeah. the Winter War. Yeah. Very embarrassing for the Russians. Yes. Very proud for the Finns. The Finns, yeah. Um, so the uh, Molotov uh, would, he, he had uh, cluster bombs dropped over Finland. Oh, okay. But to the outside world, he said, oh, we're just dropping food packages. Oh. Mm. So, oh, uh, that's, uh, the, so the locals said, uh, oh, here comes another Molotov bread basket. Ah. Which is like a Molotov, uh, you know. Yeah. The, the, the cluster bombs. And uh, so when they were throwing petrol bombs at Soviet tanks, they called them uh, Molotov cocktails. They said, "Oh, okay. Th- these are to go with your bread baskets." Ah, oh, excellent. <laughs> That's funny. A little history lesson in this all. Yeah. I learned the Finnish for which, which is uh, noika. 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 All right. Cool. So this is a recommend, I am assuming. Yep. yep. Cool. Is this something you saw before, or is this for the show? Uh, I saw it a long time ago. <clears throat> And it was, it was, but uh, yeah. Hopefully, like someone like Criterion would put out a good edition of it. Yeah. Speaking of whom, did you um, did you buy anything on the flash sale? No, I, I bought a couple of French films. Yeah, I, I looked at looked at it and I was tempted, but you know, I'm not, <clears throat> not got any money right now. So yeah. yeah, that's always what happens. I have to wait. Yeah, I was waiting for the sale, so I, I saved <clears throat> up a little bit for it. What did you get? I got Elevator to the Gallows mm. and. I want to say I was, oh, damn it. I, I'm trying to remember now, but I got um, Betty Blue, I think it's called. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got that one. Um, that woman was in Night on Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and, and, and she plays blind really well in that. I was looking at her and that's the first thing I saw her in back in the day. And I was like, is this woman actually blind? <clears throat> but, um, so those two, and I'm trying to think if I bought breathless or something else, mm. it was three though. And, okay. uh, I got one Blu-ray and two DVDs. So it, it worked out to about what two Blu-rays would have cost. Right. And it was 40% off everything. So yeah. it was, it was time to do it. And I was waiting, so I had a little set aside for that. Um, so that should arrive this week. I could probably look at the email and tell you what the third movie was for sure. Sure. <laughs> but um, Elevator of the Gallows is great. Yeah. It just gives you this great snapshot of of what you know what was just popular culture at the time mm -hmm. in, in a Miles Davis soundtrack. Yeah. And I love Miles Davis. I have to watch that one. I have your copy. Okay. I had somebody ask me. I went. I went um, back to Washington State to go to a music festival with some friends, and uh, one of my friends had a friend along on the trip, and uh, everybody was like, "Oh, we should we should all switch iPods." That's when people still had iPods and not just their phones. And um, I said, "Well, you, you've got some different playlists here." I said, "If you like jazz, there's a really good, you know." And he says, oh, are you a jazz perpetrator? <laughs> I was like, I don't know that term. Tell me. And I guess it's somebody who claims to like jazz just to seem cool. And it's like, oh. no, I like what I like. Right. And I don't like Kenny G. I like the no. old stuff. No, I don't like soft jazz. No, I don't like any anything anything after Bitches Brew, basically. But, you know, previous to that, there's I've got all kinds of uh, Thelonious Monk and Sonny Rollins and... Uh, uh, Coltrane and Davis. I've got all that old stuff. That's what I like. So I'm not perpetrating. I actually like it. Yeah. It Doesn't does. that assume that jazz is cool? <laughs> you know, exactly. <laughs> you know, that's not like... Because <laughs> I, I don't think of jazz as being cool. I like jazz, but oh, well, it's well, not cool. Kiddos. Uh, <laughs> Listen, children. You, you get all your uh, language from jazz. Cool. True. Hip. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All that stuff. Muggle. Yeah. Muggle, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know. Reefer. The reefer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what Muggle is. Yeah. yeah. But you don't you don't think jazz is especially cool? It's a chaotic th form of music in a lot of ways, but. It is very cool. Yeah, I think it is. Both of the cool. Jazz is yeah. cool, perhaps. But are people who like jazz cool? No. Not necessarily. Yeah, that's not necessarily, but. Yeah. Because no. I like jazz and I'm not cool. Exactly. Yeah, I don't really. <laughs> I don't really factor that in when I decide what I like or don't like. Oh, sure. Yeah, why would you? You shouldn't. Some sort of sociopath or something. Yeah. like I like cartoons, but I don't like all cartoons. No. I only like certain ones. But, um, guys, I completely forgot um, another movie I watched, and it's on the screen in front of me. <laughs> Have you ever seen... Um, oh, what the hell was the name of this dude's show? It was... Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the movie was called Demon House. Um, uh, Ghost Adventures. Have you ever seen yeah, an episode? Zach, Zach Baggins. Zach Baggins. <laughs> Sounds like a hobbit. Frodo's brother. <laughs> Different spelling, but same diff. <clears throat> so Zach Baggins is like the like the tight black t-shirt, funny haircut guy who's like, come at me, ghost. Did you even lift, bro? He's that, that guy who's always like inviting possession or or you know, a heavy ashtray to be thrown at his head by a poltergeist. It's like, dude, you, if you truly believe this stuff, you are really inviting some danger. 
And if you don't believe this stuff, I guess you're faking a broy asshole mm-hmm. courting danger. Um, but he, there was this feature length movie, and I heard somebody talking about it on a podcast, and I went, Zach. Baggins. Why do I know that name? Is that the dude from that show? Well, it can't be. Why would he make a, a feature length, like a 90 minute movie, 111 minute movie? Um, <clears throat> as I'm looking at the screen, uh, because the world needed an 111 minute episode of ghost adventures. Apparently. Yeah. I watched the whole thing. Uh, like I background watched it sort of like, uh, it's about this house in, I want to say Gary, Indiana, if I'm remembering right. Fuck, um, that's already scary. Gary, Indiana is frightening. It, yeah. It, it's like, um, you know how some cities have a ghetto? Mm-hmm. That's all of Gary. Yeah, I, I understand Gary, Indiana just is a ghetto, yeah. like the whole city. Um, and I've heard this from my brother-in-law who's had to drive through there a lot for one of his jobs. But uh, yeah, this this house has quite a history. And, and the people who've lived there have been like talking about how their lives went horribly. But I'm thinking... Could be just the neighborhood you live in. <laughs> Your life might have just gone horribly no matter what house you lived in. Yeah. But there were social workers who said, no, I watched this kid take a few steps up the wall. Ooh. Defying gravity. And it's like, not like Donald O'Connor running up the wall. <laughs> <laughs> or the guy in uh, trains, or not train spotting, uh, the full Monty. Who tries to, oh, they're doing audition. Oh, yeah. I'm okay. sidetracking. Fred there. Astaire and Roe Wedding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So they got a gimbal room built. Anyway, um, so this guy ends up, this Zach Baggins guy ends up buying the house and then having it demolished later. But his one of his guys who works for him, I don't know if it was a cameraman or what, um, completely loses it. And they've got like surveillance film of him at the hotel, like stalking around the hallway, yelling at people and throwing things and just completely freaking out. Wow, you can't fake that. No. Never. Now, how much does a house in Gary, Indiana go? Is it gotta, back like 20 bucks? I'm, I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was thinking like 17 grand or something. I'll, I'll look Probably. into it. Yeah. That's all I can afford. You know, you know what's funny? <laughs> we got a computer right here. I could look at this like average. I don't I really didn't want to go back to my recently watched, but I had to say something about this movie. Like, go ahead and watch it. It's like, come at me, demon. <laughs> I decided the only way to handle this was to lock myself in the house. So he's got his cell phone there and he's got like the neighbor next door. It's like, that's his backup plan is call the neighbor next door and they can have someone come and like back the screws out. But they put plywood over the doors and windows. So he couldn't get out. But people were like squatting in the place. And I mean, that's more scary than any demon It's like uh-huh. squatters can be terrifying and you know, they'll kill you. But, um, but I, it just felt to me like well, there's a lot of crackheads and you know meth heads, whatever. Um, anyway, um, average house price. Gary, Indiana. <laughs> Gary, Indiana. Okay, let's see what that is. <clears throat> Forty-one thousand. Wow. Ooh, add about three hundred thousand to that, and you've got Denver. Yeah. So, hmm. Yeah, 41, 41, 2, 42, 45. Depends on which website you go to, but uh, yeah. So you can, he probably got that place for half that. It was a rundown piece of garbage. Um, And it was haunted. And, you know, demon possessed, haunted, whatever. So if you like that kind of stuff, if you feel like you need 111 minutes of ghost adventures, (laughs) you know, complete with some entirely believable freakouts. <clears throat> there's that but um 
Will, do you want to do your Wintry 3 movie? Sure. Let's I watched The Colony. The Colony. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Bill Paxton. Wow. Rest in peace. Yeah. I didn't even realize he was in it. <clears throat> I kept saying, that guy looks like Bill Paxton, and it turned out it was. <laughs> I just figured it was a guy who looked kind of like Bill Paxton. But uh, Billy Shears Paxton. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Paxton. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so there's it's. After the apocalypse, they've put up these uh, weather towers that wreck the the weather and uh, <clears throat> made the whole planet snowy. And uh, there's people living underground, and they go to another underground bunker to. They got a distress call from a, another bunker they know, so they walk all the way over there in this frozen tundra. And the whole colony dead Norwegians. Yeah, the whole colony of uh, or the whole colony's dead, and they've been killed by cannibals. And then it's a race back to their bunker, and uh, it's over in ninety minutes. So okay, good film. (laughs) It wasn't bad. It just it didn't do anything new. It was everything you'd seen before. I thought it would have been more clever because they start out with uh, talking about uh, the rules and that. If you get sick, they either send you out for a long walk in the cold, or they shoot you in the head. Oh. You get the choice, and that's the whole big thing about they didn't give this guy a choice. Whereas, in reality, he ran away and got a bullet, so I think he got both. So, <laughs> what's yeah. he complaining about? Yeah. Um, I thought maybe if they showed up in the other colony, or there was another group of people who would quarantine them. Maybe it'd play back into that, but hmm. it didn't really go anywhere. And yeah. it ended up being cannibals that wanted to eat people because there's no food. Cannibal antics. Cannibal antics. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So, do you recommend it? Mm, if you got nothing else to do. Yeah. <laughs> if your face is already pointed yeah, at yeah, it. Yeah, you know, if it's playing, <laughs> go ahead and watch it, I guess. <laughs> if you have your ironing board set up between you and the television. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> the effects were decent. The effects were decent. I mean, they didn't do anything uh, spectacular. There was a nice bridge that they blew up, and it falls into the snowy river below. But again, it was nothing you hadn't seen before in any post-apocalyptic sort of movie, you know. Man is the real monster is the point of all of those, I think. Yeah. I knew that. Yeah, exactly. But instead of zombies, they were just cannibals, so. Yeah, I feel the same about both. And I just wondered, like, they ran out of food, but they still have batteries for flashlights. And they seem to have plenty of bullets. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's just... You keep wondering, like, well, why don't they turn their flashlight off? They're just wasting the batteries. Yeah. Why'd they leave that? And the one guy got killed. Why'd they leave his backpack? I mean, he's not using it. Sure. So <clears throat> I'm sure he had food in it. More yeah. batteries, water. Yeah. Something. So something. Wow. So, uh, yeah. <clears throat> so do That's we, that thing. <laughs> do we get well-animated Bill Paxton? Uh, no, not really. He's just sort of... I mean, that's why I didn't think he was Bill Paxton, because he just, he's sort of subdued. He's like the <clears throat> the second in command, and once Lawrence Fishburne dies, he takes over, and he's a real hard ass who wants to just kill people the second they appear to be sick. About what uh, year was this thing? Uh, 2015, <clears throat> I think. Oh, so it was recent. Uh, yeah, it was very recent. That's part of the reason I didn't 
think it was Bill Paxton because <clears throat> it may have even been 2017 or something. It may have been his last film. I don't know. Or one of anyway. Or one of, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, not the one he wants to be remembered for, but. Probably not. <clears throat> so you, you've both seen Snow Beast. Yes. Okay. Snow Beast. Now, there, there are a couple of things that I really, um, I won't say I really miss about the 70s, but a couple of things that, that I really noticed that were 70s centric, um, other than the snow suits and the snow boots from 77. This was made in, yeah, you know, the late 70s. Um, some of the guys were full on like early Chuck Norris with their, um, you know, with the haircuts, the mustaches mm-hmm. and the aviator sunglasses. <laughs> <clears throat> that is some like real like like uh, prime Chuck Norris like the early years kind of a look. Yeah, back when there were like chunky turtlenecks and corduroy blazers and aviator sunglasses and all that kind of stuff. But most of the people in this movie were dressed like skiers because well, this was um, something that was in um, Gunnison. Now I did like I mentioned I watched Harbinger Down and I did enjoy that, but I want to mostly talk about Snow Beast because. It was, um, it didn't feel like a made for TV movie, but it felt like a script for a made for TV movie that was just made like a movie. And I I don't know if that makes any sense because a lot of made for TV movies would be like, oh, there's all this fun and frivolity. There's the winter carnival going on and there's, you know, like a marching band type music playing and people stringing up banners and people skiing around laughing and it just kind of had that that whole setup, the whole feeling of like a made-for-TV movie would have. Yeah. But it looked like a movie, not a made-for-TV. Anyway, um, for anyone who's ever seen Walking Tall, this had Bo, yeah. Bo Svensson in it, who is tall. He's And he walks. And he walks. So Fulfilling the two parts <laughs> of that role. Yeah. So And he's doing it in this one, too. Oh, wow. Typecast. Yeah. So he's just walking around being tall. Um, apparently, he's some Olympic skier who uh, something happened and he chose to never ski again professionally. But he still skis. Um, but not professionally. Not professionally. This was written and directed by Alec Gillis. And, and when, I, when I first looked at it, I went... Sir Alec, oh, not Guinness, sorry. It's not Obi-Wan. But uh, uh, so you've got, you've got the, the, the Chuck Norris looking clothes and, and hairstyle choices and aviator sunglasses. But you've also got a pickup truck with the camper on the back. The rear view mirror has the sergeant stripes on it. Mm. That was such a 70s thing. Do you remember this? It was just like reflectors shaped like the chevrons on a, on a sergeant's patch. And I don't know, as a kid, I would see these and like, I would say, oh, there's more of those. I didn't ever find out who had them, who made them, why they were yeah. a thing. I assume you could probably just go to the um, auto parts store and just be like, yeah, give me a pack of those sergeant stripes. I'm going to stick those on my mirror. <laughs> yeah. Are you a former sergeant in the, are you, are you a current sergeant, a former sergeant, or someone who fancies the notion of being a sergeant? I imagine it's notion fanciers. <laughs> I would say, yeah. Sergeant wannabes. Sergeant wannabe. Yeah. So anyway, um, so that, that was a thing that was in a scene. Uh, do you guys remember why the logs thrown in the back of the camper of said pickup when the snow beast 
I'll skip all the first hour and 10 minutes of stuff. The last 15 or 20 minutes is when all the action really happens. Yeah. All these logs were like thrown, like the thing was overturned and logs thrown in the back and they were clearly cut down by somebody, not broken off by a Yeti Ah. or snow beast. You don't think the Yeti has a saw? Chainsaw somewhere? Well, he probably has a posable thumb and forefinger. Yeah. I mean, it looked like it in the... He's probably got a nice cabin up there in the mountains. Uh, yeah. Maybe he just took a wall out just to, you know, bring the logs down and show him who's boss. Um, they did a good job of keeping fleeting glimpses of the monster, um, which was good because when they finally gave you a longer fleeting glimpse, it wasn't great looking. Yeah. It wasn't the worst thing you saw back then, but it wasn't great looking. Um, but, um, there's a scene where the snow beast is going crazy on the, on the camper, like while they're out hunting him and he just rips the ski rack off the back of the pickup and just smashing the skis to the ground. I'm thinking, man, snow beast hates skis. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> or maybe he just really hates skiers. He would. That's probably it. <clears throat> so disruptive. Yeah. I worked in a ski resort in the lodge, in the kitchen. And man, back then anyway, and I don't know what they're like now, but back then, man, skiers were some buttholes. I didn't like them as a There's class of people. Some of the, uh, like the family-oriented ski slopes in Japan, they'd have like colored lights and music blaring. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you've got to feel sorry for the Yeti and, and those oh, mountains. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're turning it into a big amusement park, and it's, a, it's his house. You're doing this to his living room. Yeah, he's, you know, he wants to get out there and hunt rabbits and stuff. And, and here you are with your music and your frivolity, mm-hmm. your flashing lights. Um, the skiers slash hunters have shit gun handling. Huh. There, there is one part where the woman turns around and the gun is like pointed at about lower abdomen area. And I'm thinking, put it on your shoulder. Yeah, stop. Or point it straight at the ground. Yeah. Anywhere in between is kind of the, the no zone. Yeah, assume it's loaded. Yeah, assume yeah. it's loaded, and they're supposed to be loaded in this movie. Yeah. Uh, Jolien, you, you learned a bunch of rifle handling in the military, didn't mm-hmm. you? Okay. Were you ever told it's okay to point it anywhere but the ground or the sky? <laughs> unless you're going to shoot it at them? Yeah, yeah, and you're not even supposed to point it down at the ground because you can get soil in it. Yeah, that's true. And you blow your own full face off. That's true, yeah. too. But if you're <laughs> out hunting a Yeti, you, you'd probably be okay to point it at the ground. Just don't stab it into the mud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But mostly, put it over your shoulder. Mm-hmm. Point it above head level. But do, you, do you feel this way about guns and movies? Because I feel this way about hammers. <laughs> when people don't hold the hammer right in yeah. a movie, it drives oh, yeah. me crazy. Oh, for sure. They want to hold it way up by the head of the hammer and, yeah. right. and try to use it. And, and swords as well. They often don't oh, get the grip right. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of bad handling. And fedora hats never, <laughs> are never positioned right yeah. <laughs> in new movies. They have them scrunched way down straight on their head. Yeah. Nobody wore a hat like that. Um, yeah, so this was a... Um, oh, the, my favorite part of this. One of my favorite parts of this movie. Um, and it does move the story along well enough. And, and you, you're not getting quite Jaws level of... Oh no, they're having this event and all these people have come into town mm-hmm. for it. And now there's a thing out killing people, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't mention. There's a thing out there killing people. Um, the sheriff got him. He put a bullet right between its eyes. Woo, yeah. And it's like, they come pulling a black bear in on a toboggan. And I'm like, 
I hope this guy is better at sheriffing than he is at identifying wildlife <laughs> because that didn't look like a Yeti to me. That looked like a bear. Mm-hmm. And maybe he was trying to prove a point. Hey, idiots, it was a bear this whole time. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. But, you know, here's the spoiler. It wasn't a bear this whole time. It was a snow beast. It was a snow beast. Yeah. Black bears run away. Yeah. That black bears, unlike grizzlies, grizzlies will come grizzlies at you. Grizzlies are dangerous. They'll come at you, bro. <laughs> Stay out of grizzly territory, stupid. Yeah. You know, there, was, <laughs> there was something on uh, uh, the Nightgeist podcast. They were talking about disappearances in national parks. And um, some of the things that they have in common was... Uh, you know, people would be hiking or something to do with um, picking berries, blueberries. I'm like, oh, I know your disappearance is all about <laughs> bears. You know who else is picking those berries? Mm-hmm. Bears. <laughs> so <laughs> if you disappeared while berry picking, good chance uh, you were a grizzly's meal. And that's something I don't think they mentioned it on the show or the statisticians maybe didn't say anything about it. But yeah. Uh, or you walked in on a legal crop. Or that, yeah. Yeah, if you... That, that could disappear you really quick. Yep. Or maybe you're camping in an Indian burial ground. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. That but you would... can't help that, can you? Yeah, no, you can't. It's literally everywhere. But yeah, do, do you think the guys with the illegal fields, whether they're poppies or weed or whatever, do you think they've already got some holes dug? <laughs> oh. For just this purpose? Maybe. I mean, if they if they're the kind to do this... Why have to kill someone and then dig? Mm-hmm. You know, because that probably gets your adrenaline going. It's like, oh no, I just killed someone. Then there's the paranoia. Maybe there's someone looking for them. I don't know. Yeah, I'm writing fan fiction for. So the snow beast tumbles into your marijuana field. Yeah, <laughs> just ripping and slashing. Yeah, the grow beast. The, the grow, grow beast. beast. Yeah, oh, I like the grow beast. He's like Swamp Thing, but he's made out of marijuana. Mm. This is and good. And all the hippies want to smoke him. Yeah. So um, so the, the Snow Beast has spent this whole movie swatting fools and, you know, just dealing his own brand of justice. <laughs> and then he's walking tall. walking tall. Yeah. And then Bo Svensson, of course, is the one to, to shoot him with his service pistol. Uh, but the snow didn't beat him to death with a club. Uh, Nope. Nope. Um, he had a ski pole. And if you remember this, uh, the, the pistol doesn't take him out. The snow beast is charging him. And of course we get the snow beast point of view. We don't see him full body and Bo until the final shot where he's, he's Bo Svensson's new carpet. Yes, that's right. He's on top of him suddenly, (laughs) but he props the, um, the ski pole against the tree and points it down which is a good bear hunting technique if that's all you got is a pointy stick. And uh, Snow Beast gets impaled and then goes tumbling and falling down the bluff. The end. Oh. Some witty banter, freeze frame, roll credits, some shit like that. Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a a little time. I I like this one. Yeah, a little time trip. Uh, They could have easily have just said, oh, the hell with it. Let's just make it a made-for-TV movie. And they didn't. They, they made an actual movie out of it. Wasn't it made for TV? Maybe it was made for was TV. Was it made for TV? Well, it was yeah, a better but it, one. It looked pretty good, yeah. Yeah, it was a better one. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, because made for TV movies, a lot of times... In the 70s. Yeah. in School for Girls. Yeah, that's a TV oh, movie, too, and that's so an awesome good. movie. <laughs> Love it. They all look like episodes of Chips. Oh, now, now I want to watch another one. 
I've got a uh, horror at 37,000 feet queued up. Ooh, all right. I'll watch that one. Guys, we should do week. a made for TV. Uh, Made for TV three. We should, okay, we should each pick a made for TV movie. Yeah, I'm happy to do that. Anything from the seventies. All right. Okay. Seventies yeah. and made for TV. Mm-hmm. We'll make the cutoff maybe 1980 or 81 if you must. Yeah. But uh, let's try to keep it between 72 and Wouldn't 78. Would 1980 be the last year of the seventies? I'm just starting that again. I'm just, sorry. Agreed. I, we don't even get to to roll over to the to the new decade until. January. Yeah. Everyone else did it already. I know, but they're behind. We're gonna or be the, we're gonna be they're the missing only, a year. We're gonna be the only ones. Yeah. Everyone else is gonna be like, that was a year ago, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so any uh, and I do recommend this. But you should watch the twenty eleven one. It's awful. Is it you, I, you watched it? I watched I it. Yeah. Almost clicked. I watched on it. it um whenever I watched the original Snow Beast a couple years ago mm-hmm. for a wintry three or something. Because that one's in the the TV show or the TV movies in the box set that you lent me, right? And uh, then I watched that one with uh, oh, what's that guy's name? Luke Duke from oh, Las yeah. Ducas to Hazard. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. John Snyder. Yeah, Schneider. Schneider. Yeah. Um, have either one of you been to Gunnison or Crested Butte, uh-uh. two, the two locations for Snow Beast? Uh uh-uh. uh I try not to go to snowy places. Yeah. Uh, or terribly far from here. I just don't feel like it. Yeah. Not in Colorado. I've definitely lived snowy places. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I've, I've been up to Aspen Vale. Yeah. And yeah, and, and Beaver Creek, I did a storyboard there. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So this was, um, you know, very scenic. It was nice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, some things what, don't change. What, was it actually shot there or in the yeah, Gun- Sierras? Yeah, Gun- um, Gunnison and Crested Butte. Okay. So um, I'm not sure what ski resort would be at either place because I don't ski. Um, although I did work at a resort, you know, a ski resort for a winter. Um, it didn't give me the bug. I didn't want to ski. I, I don't see the point. <laughs> I don't like getting the snow on me or in me. So, Couldn't <laughs> you? How are you skiing? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Face first down the mountain <laughs> would be my guess. Uh, there's lots of skiing and uh, white reindeer, but it's like the uh, you know back in the day when skiing was just how, how you got around. Yeah, like, right. Like before the the downfall, English turned it into a sport. Yeah. <laughs> I guess skis today are really different. The, the, oh yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. The, the um, even from 15, 20 years ago, the, the parabolic shape or whatever they call it. Kind of, they're all really roundy at the ends now. Oh, yeah, really? They're wider and roundier. The material was very different. Yeah, so much has changed. I guess it makes it even easier and more fun for people who would do such a thing. No longer tying barrel slats to your feet. <laughs> right. <laughs> wax them up with literal wax. Uh huh. Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, you can't get me interested in it. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to go snowshoeing, but. That might really be kind of go skiing. Snowshoeing would be kind of cool. Maybe cross country skiing. Yeah, that seems like it might or be. Or biathlon, okay. where you have a rifle and skis. That always sounded fun. That's mm. a weird sport, right? It is a weird sport. Why did they mix those two? But I think I'd rather be ice carving. Yeah, that's, 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 I've done that. It's, yeah, I've done a little bit of it too. It's fun. Uh, like, yeah, I took part in the snow festival in uh, Sapporo. Yeah. So Sapporo in uh, Hokkaido, in northern Japan. They have like uh, about this time of year a uh, huge snow festival because there's this like park that goes right down the middle of the city 
Oh, cool. Ooh. Dory Park. And uh, that's where they have, like, the, the massive, like, they're, they're, like, reproductions of buildings. Oh, cool. Uh, you know, it's different things every year. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, they have, like, the international section is at one of the army bases nearby. And I, I designed one of the sculptures for that. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's like this uh, international team said, uh, can you draw a, a polar bear on a snowboard? And like, uh, yeah. at the time, I didn't know what a snowboard looked like oh, at all. Oh, okay. I not, you know, I came straight from England. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I just looked... Not at, a lot of snowboarding yeah, in England. Yeah, this is like pre-internet. So I just like... Oh. I just did a, like a... Uh, it's kind of a skateboard without wheels. Wheels, yeah. And like a that's pretty accurate. A bear with a like a, a woolly hat on and a scarf to show like movement, like flying yeah. behind him. And I drew it and handed it over to them. And like two weeks later, they said, "Oh, come on down." And they, they, we went in. And it's like this thirty foot ice <laughs> block <laughs> mind drawing in three D. Oh wow! Uh, yeah. It was Did you get awesome. pictures of this? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good. Please dig those up. I want to see this thing. <laughs> that sounds awesome. My story's not nearly as cool. I was living in Sandpoint, Idaho, and working at a restaurant, and there was a kind of a little courtyard area out front of the restaurant that they wanted uh, to participate in the winter carnival there. They, they wanted all the businesses to, if they could, make a snow sculpture. So we made um, a snow and ice castle, and, um, and we did... Uh, Use some food coloring and some Christmas lights to make it look <laughs> more festive. And it was just a castle. Yeah. There's nothing special about it, really. Just rectangle with walls, you know, and and uh, little cone-shaped things for towers. And right. uh, and we did freeze some uh, some ice in in uh, rubber gloves, like kitchen gloves. And we and we put some hands around part of it that were just kind of sticking up as ornamental. Cool. Was so there. There was a, there was a, um, oh, an elephant um, doing a handstand. Oh man, <clears throat> it was crazy. Like it, and the way they had gotten the block of snow was they they made a big um, wood and cardboard form, and just dumped it full of snow and mm-hmm. jumped up and down on it until it was packed. Oh okay. And then um, they climbed down the ladder and took all the support off of it and they had a solid block of very packed snow and subtractive sculpting yeah and that was that you know only a teaspoon yeah <laughs> and a lighter that's to right. warm your spoon up to yeah. dig through the snow yeah <laughs> so um yeah winter carnivals if you get a chance to go see some sculptures made of ice or snow it's really cool no, no pun intended it's 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 very pretty very fascinating you know that a lot of work goes into it and some of those sculptures of course they're they're in a you know cooled warehouse you know sculpting for weeks before the event so they can just roll it out when it's starting rather than trying to work while people are coming up and you know getting in the way and you're trying to use a chainsaw on some ice there's people coming up behind you you don't want that hmm. anywho um, I really like this idea of the made for TV three. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know about next. We can't episode. all pick Satan's school for girls. Uh, yeah. So. Well, I love that movie. So I'm, I'm going to watch uh, Horror at Thirty Seven Thousand Feet. Okay. Right, yeah. Uh, a piece of Stonehenge or something is on a plane and it's haunted by druids. <gasps> is this the one where they have to do a sacrifice? William Shatner. Yeah. Where they fake out a sacrifice? I think Chuck Connors. Chuck Connors is in it. The Rifleman. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember, but yeah. 
Yeah, I remember this one. And there's another one uh, called uh, Cruise into Terror. Cruise Ooh. into Terror. Uh, got the blonde guy from Battlestar Galactica. Um, um, I forget his name. But uh, yeah, that's, that's like a similar sort of thing. Yeah. Haunted cruise ship. All right. Oh, Bruce oh. Boxleitner. <laughs> no, no, it's not him. Anyway. So, um, before I forget to ask this, Will did uh, did your friend at work uh, watch the episode of Love Boat yet that had Sonny Bono? No, I haven't. I haven't heard back yet. Okay, yeah. I don't know if she's still on the Love Boat rewatch. <laughs> oh lordy! Um, anything else before we get out of here? Um, big announcement is uh, after many delays, um, the coloring book is going to the printers. This week. What? Yeah. The delays are done. Um, small compromises were made, but uh, nothing. It's only one sheet now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a folded in half it's piece of paper. just a blank page. Draw your own. Draw your own fucking coloring book. Um, no, it's it's looking great. Honestly, oh, fantastic. Uh, so I will find that picture this week. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. As soon as this thing is, you know, as soon as the last staple goes into the last book and they trim the covers, uh -huh. then, then gonna, I'll find it. Yeah, you'll pick something up. Oh, I better pay this bill. And then it's going to flutter out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll open the scanner. Even though I've checked the scanner, it'll be in there somehow stuck mm -hmm. to the top of yeah, the lid. Yeah, it was static cleaned mm -hmm. to the roof of the scanner. Because it was just tracing paper, so. Yeah, man. Yeah. It was such a good drawing, too. And I spent a couple hours, like, Cleaning it cleaning up, it up oh, making man. it, you know, fattening up the lines for the yeah, whatever. Yeah. But oh man, so um, yeah, coloring book is going to be ready on Plan Nine Coloringbook dot com, and um, I'm going to be at uh, Emerald City Comic Con at the Plastic Empire booth, helping my friend. I'm going to bring some coloring books with me. All right, unless the printers are like, oh hell no, we're too busy this week. But that shouldn't be the case. I yeah. mean, they should be able to shoehorn this into their print schedule. It's basically let the copier run for a while. Yeah. And then throw everything in the booklet maker. Ever seen a booklet maker? No. Oh, you just throw a stack of papers in one end and it craps out a finished book on the other end. Wow. There's no more having to fold all those pages yourself and staple them? No collating it yourself, no folding it yourself, no stapling it yourself. Laying a bunch of books on a stack of zine so they flatten oh man yeah i've got stories about homemade books back in the day but oh, yeah. i'm not going to tell them now um but I'll it's, save that for the homemade book podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> which will be starting soon yeah um but i will have a um a fourth ghoul girl print with me as well i'm i've finished the art for elvira nice and that gives us so um, you have elvira i have elvira vampire vampira, uh lily, lily. And, and uh, Morticia. Morticia. And also, it was the original. Yeah. Um, well, the original <laughs> was, the, was Morticia in the in the comic, in the comic strip. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Vampira ripped off Morticia, and then you know for her for her look, look yeah. she ripped off the look. But yeah. But she was very original in her style of, yeah. of delivery. But uh, the Ghoul Girls prints will all be with me, and uh, I'm going to do a sticker set of them too. Nice. So very nice. So anyone is like. I don't want to frame that. Just buy some stickers. Put, yeah. them, put them on your stuff. Um, how do you start? How do you make scratch and sniff snicker, stickers? Because somebody needs to figure that out. <laughs> oh, there's. You yeah. know what? I bet you that would be not a very deep rabbit hole on Google. Yeah. You'd probably find that pretty easily. Um, yeah. But uh, 
there's a whole bunch of DIY stuff you can do that uh, is surprisingly easy in the, oh, wor- right. in the world of printing. But um, yeah, I guess that uh, that puts a bow on it. Um, winter is pretty much uh, going to be coming and going for the next month and a half, two months here. Uh, even though we have a mild winter, it, it, it'll hit us with four to six inches of snow. It'll melt off. It'll do it again. So it's not unusual for us to do something wintry at the very beginning of March because yeah. we're not done yet. No, we're not. But I'm done with it. I'm ready for spring. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I want to sit outside. Yeah. Nah. Nah? Nah. Keep it going. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, we got a, a majority vote for bring on spring. <laughs> and we'll do some springy stuff. We're going to do some spiders and some leprechauns. and Oh, us. yes. That's coming up soon. Yeah. And uh, we're going to have Stan Yan on the show to talk about The Shining when, when Stan Yan can. Yeah. Yeah. Sometime this month. Yes. That'll be great. All right, listeners, thank you for listening. 